Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. We've only got a few episodes left in this year, which is so freaking crazy to think about. 2020 has been bananas for so many people for many, many different reasons. And I'm excited to share with you four things that 2020 has taught me, kind of hit me in the face with that I'm going to carry forward, not only into 2021, but just moving forward in general to hopefully make me better, make my life better, make my life more enjoyable, more peaceful, more fulfilling. And I'm excited to share them with you. And I hope that at least one or two of them really speak to you the way that they speak to me. And like I said, this year has just been so crazy from people living through career changes or financial changes because of the coronavirus. Lots of people went through things that are far outside the scope of the coronavirus that certainly my situation, a lot of people faced fears that they had never really considered before or experienced isolation in a way that they had never experienced it before. And for some of us, all of the above, right? (laughs) All of the above. But still, here we are coming into the end of the year. We've been dealing with the coronavirus stuff for, you know, the better half of this year. And we're moving forward, whether it is super hard or things have been okay, regardless, we are still moving forward. So let's dive into these four things that 2020 taught me. And like I said, message me, let me know which one of these really speaks to you the most. But the first one is, and I'm sure this won't really surprise you, be more intentional about happiness. Be more intentional about happiness. So a while back um, with the Master's Club, we reread The Happiness Advantage, a book by Sean Acor. And one of the things he says in that book is that happiness isn't just a feeling, it's a work ethic. I think I've talked about that here. I know I've talked about that in the Daily Mindset Upgrades happiness isn't just a feeling, it's a work ethic, right? And I really had to break that down because when I first read it, I was like, ooh, I like that. But I didn't want it to live in the in the idea graveyard, I call it, where like we hear something, it's really cool, it inspires us for like 10, 20 seconds, and then we're literally on to the next thing. And it's just in the idea graveyard. So where I started with that, because I I was like, there's more, there's more there. There's something that I can use there. And and that's the way I would encourage you to think about things that kind of strike you or inspire you. Like, what do I do with this? How do I take this out of the realm of information or idea and really bring it into the realm of impacting my behavior or my lifestyle, my choices, the way that I operate? So when I heard this, happiness isn't just a feeling, it's a work ethic. The first thing I said is, okay, well, what is work ethic? How would I define 
work ethic. That's where I started. And you can go to the dictionary if you want to, but that's where I'd really start with it. What, what does work ethic mean to you? And then where in your life do you have a solid work ethic? But we can't just stop there because I, I could easily say like, well, yeah, I've got a solid work ethic with my finances. I've got a solid work ethic in my career. We have to then go to why? What does that look like? How do we demonstrate that solid work ethic? What are those things? And get really specific here. You know, I say things to myself when I'm trying to define this, like, well, okay, if I say that I've got a good work ethic when it comes to my career, why, how, what does that look like? Well, I have clear goals and I take action towards them. I monitor those goals regularly, all of those kinds of things. You know, I, I work whether I feel like it or not. I'm very clear on the things that need to be done and I get a lot of things of those things that I've identified. I get them done. So then once you have those specifics, you can say, well, what would it look like if I applied that to happiness? And that's where I was really like, oh, okay, I'm really not doing that. <laughs> you know, if you say, um, I do the work whether I want to or not, well, do I with happiness? No, I, I for the longest time was kind of more passive about happiness and really thought of it more as a feeling and not at all like a work, eth- work ethic. I never really considered that. Either I felt happy or I didn't feel happy. Either things, circumstances were contributing to my happiness or circumstances were not. But could I say that I was like taking action with the end goal being happiness? Certainly not consistently. Did I have goals? Was I monitoring them regularly? Was I doing this work whether I felt like it or not? What would that look like? What would that look like? But then when this whole notion of just being more intentional about happiness, it's not only, you know, those those little things. Like, for example, if I, if I were to go through that today, like, okay, I, I was feeling down when I was working on this outline. And I could say, well, let's put on some Christmas music and take a shower and put real clothes on and maybe even a little bit of lip gloss or something like that. I'm actually not a lip gloss girl. I'm a chapstick girl, fat co, fat stick all the way. Um, anyway. Those little things are just one piece of it. I don't think that we can say we have a work ethic of happiness because we listen to music when we're feeling down or because we, you know, get outside and go for a walk when we're feeling down. I think it has to be much bigger than that because otherwise what can happen is that there are these tiny little slivers of happiness, but the overall day is kind of rushed or stressed or overwhelmed or just blatantly unhappy. So that's why when we talk about being more intentional about happiness, let's look at what is in your life that is making you unhappy or what is in your life that you don't enjoy. And don't dismiss anything because you think you can't do anything about it, as we'll talk about in this episode. You absolutely can do something about it no matter what it is. And that is fact. But big things are small things. What is it that's in your life that is making you unhappy or that you don't enjoy? Now, Some people will say, get rid of anything that doesn't bring you joy. I think that there's a lot more nuance to this than that. So where I would love to start or go next, once that you've identified what's in your life that either you don't enjoy or is making you happy, let's go to why. Why does it not make you happy? And my friend Kelly Brock uh, posted a couple of months ago about how she really doesn't enjoy cooking. And she was just asking people who cook a lot, like, do you actually enjoy it? Or do you just make it look like you're enjoying it, but you're really like me and you really hate cooking? And I shared with her, I like it when I have time for it. 
when it's not rushed and I don't like it when it's like the next thing on my to-do list that I have to do, right? So once we have the why, then we we don't necessarily need to look at like, oh, well, I could have somebody else cook. Well, can't do that because can't afford that. There's nobody else to cook, blah, blah, blah. No. Well, it's because I feel like I don't have time. So then what could I do to feel like I have more time to create more time, whether that's better preparation. So you're not, you know, part of what I don't like about cooking is sort of it's three in the afternoon. Crap, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? I don't really know what we have. Well, we could do this. I don't think I have everything for this. I don't really want to have to go to the grocery store. All of that is part of what I don't enjoy. So being slightly more organized makes it more enjoyable. Especially if I know like I've got meetings right up until 530 and then I've got a webinar at seven and I've got a webinar at eight. Like, do I really want to spend that 5.30 to 7 window when I could be doing something fun? Do I want to like be racing to the grocery store and trying to put dinner together quickly and clean up? No, I don't. So maybe that's a great night for ordering out or it's a great night for the Instant Pot or the Crock Pot or whatever. But really ask yourself, what is it that I don't enjoy about this, right? What is it that I don't enjoy about this? What if you say... I really don't like my job. One of the things that is uh, contributing to my unhappiness, something that I don't enjoy in my job. Okay, why? Why? One person I talked to recently shared with me that she really didn't like her job because it had taken over her life and everybody had her cell number and they could reach her at any time. And so seven days a week, she felt like she was on. And the fact is that will happen at any job if you let it, right? I know a girl who works at Dairy Queen. That's an ice cream shop if you're not familiar with Dairy Queen. Um... And you would think she was a surgeon if you looked just at the hours she worked and how accessible she was for the store owners and the employees. And I share that because that sort of thing, it's not about the job itself. It's about you and the boundaries that you create. This is why we have to get clear on why something is not making us happy before we shift into the mode of trying to eliminate it or convincing ourselves that we can't eliminate it. Be more intentional about your own happiness stop going through the motions and just living that Groundhog Day life where every day looks the same and maybe sometimes some good things happen, but by and large, every day is sort of unremarkable. Stop. And we've all heard that before and we've probably all had moments where we really realize that and hey, life is short, I don't want to do this anymore. But then as quickly as that feeling came, it's gone and we're back into the routine going through the motions. After our daughter Dagny died in March, I really had that clear sense like, holy moly, life is so short and some things really, really matter a lot and some things that I've been acting like really, really matter a lot don't really matter at all in the big scheme of things and I, I want to live differently and, and I know that that feeling can fade, that determination to do life differently, to do life better, it can fade with time as we just get back into the swing of things. And one of the commitments that I made to myself and that I made to my daughter, even though she's not here, is that I will never let that feeling fade. Be more intentional about your own happiness. The second thing, that 2020 has taught me is don't let money make the rules. Don't let money make the rules. I hear so often from people like, well, I can't do that because of my job, or I can't do this because I can't afford it, or I'd love to do that, but we can't afford it. I'd love to have or do X, Y, Z, but then it's a money reason. Guys, 
I don't care who you are, where you live, how old you are, how many kids you have, how much education you have or don't have, how much money you have in your checking account or how little money you have. There is nothing fixed about your financial situation. Nothing. There is nothing that cannot be changed because of money. So stop accepting the status quo. We take jobs so that we can make money because we want to live the life that we want to live. But then so many of us use money or the job as the reason that we can't live life the way we want to live it. None of this is fixed. There is nothing fixed about your financial situation. My grandfather used to say, if money is the problem, then there is no problem. And my grandfather is not a wealthy man at all. Um, He worked in sales for a while for shoes and then for like carpet and flooring. Um, He was a state rep at the time when they made like $200 a year, not even kidding. Uh, He was not a wealthy man. But there's nothing fixed about your financial position. And if you think that there is, if you think that you are limited because of your money, then this episode is really, really important for you, especially as we get to a couple of the other lessons, because it is just not fixed. Maybe when we were chatting about things that make you unhappy for you. Maybe it was something like cleaning your house or folding laundry and you thought, well, it's not like I can hire that out. I can't afford it. Yeah, you can. Maybe not today, but within a short period of time, you absolutely could. And I've done episodes on all sorts of different types of income and ways to make it happen no matter how much time or money or energy or income you have. So I'm not going to get into the mechanics of that today. But for example, I have a cleaning lady. She comes once a week and I pay her $100 every time she's here. So maybe you think like, well, I wouldn't need my cleaning lady once a week. Or maybe I just want my cleaning lady to do kitchens and bathrooms. So maybe it would only cost me $200 a month. Well, you can make an extra $200 a month within the next few weeks. You can. You absolutely can, no matter how many kids you have, no matter how much time you have, no matter how many other jobs you have. You absolutely can. There is nothing fixed about your financial situation. And then maybe you think, well, if I had an extra $200 a month, I sure as heck couldn't use it towards cleaning lady. Well, you could because it's extra because you don't have it now. So if you all of a sudden got it, you could put it towards whatever you want to. You might not choose to put it towards a cleaning lady, but then you say, okay, well, if you had an extra $1,000 a month, well, yeah, then I could. Look, you can make an extra $1,000 a month. You might not be able to do it in a couple of weeks, but certainly within a few months, you absolutely can. No matter who you are, where you are, what you have going on, it is possible. Then there are some of us that feel like we're in kind of golden handcuffs. If you haven't heard that phrase, it's like you have a job or a company that like pays so well that because of that, you feel like you can't really make changes because the money is so good and you don't want to take a cut from that. Don't let money make the rules. There's a way There's a way to have what you want. It might not be quick. It might not be simple, but it is there. You might not even choose to take it, but don't fool yourself into thinking that you can't because you can. I shared in a recent episode how I have been letting money make the rules in my business. And it was the reason I couldn't take weekends off. And it was the reason I couldn't step back for six to nine months and just focus on this podcast and focus on my second book. But if you're letting money make the rules, you're losing. This is your one life. And it's so cliche, but the reason it's so cliche is because it's so freaking true. Nobody is going to lay on their deathbed and be like, really wish I had saved more. No, it's just not going to happen. We take jobs so that we can make money, so that we can live the life we want to live. And then so many of us just 
settle. We want more, but we don't do anything about it. And I've said this in previous episodes that it has never, ever, ever been easier or more accessible across ages, across incomes, across educations, across all types of socioeconomic status to create financial freedom and independence. It's never been easier. Life is short. You make the rules, not money. And yeah, that might include some big, bold changes, but there is a way. So start getting curious and figuring out the way instead of counting yourself out because of money. Don't let money make the rules. Okay, the third thing that 2020 has taught me in a big, big way, and this ties into both the first lesson and the second lesson, be creative. Be creative, right? Like I said, with money, there is a way. Whatever it is, there is a way. Maybe you didn't do the work to figure it out. Maybe you won't do the work to make it happen. Maybe it'll take a lot of time and effort, but there is a way. Stop letting no win. Stop letting I can't or I'm afraid or I don't know win. Be creative. And this is about... This is about money. This is about happiness. This is about relationships. This is about everything. The first example that kind of is burned in my mind from 2020 is Dagny's funeral. And I told you guys this story, so I'll just summarize it quickly. But at the time that Dagny died, funerals in Massachusetts were considered non-essential. You couldn't have them because of COVID. Now, meanwhile, liquor stores were essential, but don't even get me started on that. They were, however, still allowed in New Hampshire. So we decided to have her funeral in New Hampshire. But a lot of people were scared to come because of COVID and they didn't want to be around people. And also they were limiting the number of people that they would let into the church, which we didn't know until we were literally in the church seated for the funeral. I may or may not have shouted at the funeral director to let our friends in or to call the police. He let them in, by the way. Meanwhile, though, in terms of creativity, my mom's friends not just local friends, not just people who lived around the corner. Some of my mom's friends drove several hours round trip to line their cars in the parking lot of the church. They made signs. They parked at least six feet away from each other so that some of them would feel comfortable getting out of their cars to sing to us or to Dagny or to God, doesn't even matter. But they didn't just say like, oh, we can't go, we can't be in there, or we don't feel safe. They were creative. And their creativity, you guys can tell, you can hear it in my voice. And it was eight months ago now. It made a lasting impact on me and a lasting impact on Chris. But I don't want you to just be creative about ways to show up for other people. I want you to be creative about ways to show up for yourself That's why we talk about, you know, not letting money make the rules. One of the ways that I have been creative in the past couple of years is in terms of residual income through network marketing. I was initially so closed off to it because of how I had seen it done wrong. But as I've shared with you before, like if I made decisions based on how I'd seen it done wrong, I would never go to a chiropractor. I would never go to a restaurant. I would not never hire a contractor, right? I would never go to a bank because I have ample examples of how people have done it wrong. But that's not, that's not about the work. That's about the people in the work. And so I stepped outside that initial thought and I got creative about like, well, What would it look like to do it right? What would it look like for a company to do it right? And I found that opportunity and I created that residual income that's, you know, building and growing every single month because of creativity. 
be creative. We saw this this year in how people celebrated graduations and birthdays, but it's really not just about COVID, right? When it comes to money, there is a way. Don't let no or fear or doubt talk you out of something. Be creative and find the way. My friend Morgan Bungers left an amazing job at one of the best CrossFit gyms in the world to start the first ever virtual CrossFit gym. That's creative. Be creative in how you make money. Be creative in your work. Be creative in your relationships. Be creative in how you think. Look for new ways to think. That's the whole reason that I started the Daily Mindset Upgrades because what I realized was I was thinking in a way that was really one note. It was the first thought, right? When Dagny died, my my initial thoughts were of hopelessness, of pain, of anger, of just everything dark. And I needed to explore what else was true outside of that. Otherwise, I don't even know where I would be right now. You know, if I if I didn't commit to thinking differently every day, I, I'm still in that process, in that commitment. I have to redirect my thoughts a million times a day right now. What I'm looking at in my office, I have a treadmill desk and sitting on the treadmill desk is a Dagny Foundation hat. And even as I record this episode, the thought crosses my mind, like, I can't believe that Dagny isn't here, that she is, she, she's represented by a foundation, you know, for infant loss. Like, I have to shift those thoughts a thousand times a day. It doesn't mean that's not true. That is very true. But I have to be creative in how I think about things. There are other ways to see things. There are other things to consider. That's why I started the daily mindset upgrades. So many people are just thinking the same way. They're in an echo chamber, right? Every day they think about food and their choices the way they always have. And that's why the excuses look the same. And that's why the results or lack thereof look the same. They're in an echo chamber in the way that they think about themselves. The thoughts are the same. The negativity is the same. The drama is the same. They think about money, the way they make it, how they make it, how much they make, the same way as they always have with politics, with mindset. Look for ways to do things differently. Look for ways to think differently. That's why I not only do I record the daily mindset upgrades, I feel like this is a hair club for men moment. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that commercial. It's a long time ago. I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. I sort of feel that way about the daily mindset upgrades. Yes, I record them, but it's also a built-in part of my day where I listen to them because I need to be creative in how I think. I need to get out of the echo chamber in how I think about food, in how I think about my body, and how I think about my money, and how I think about my family, all of it. And you do too. Be creative. Natalie Ellis, who's one of the founders of Boss Babe, she says that the cost of procrastination is the dream life you could be living. The cost of procrastination is the dream life you could be living. And it's true. Look, you have to be creative. You can't stop at the fear or the doubt or the what if or the perceived limitation. Be creative and get out of your own echo chamber. The last thing that I wanted to share that I've really learned from 2020 is to slow down. Slow down. Sometimes this is just slowing down what I'm thinking about, because I'm sure I'm not alone in this. 
I know I'm not alone in this. Sometimes my brain feels like a pinball machine and I go from one thought to the next thought to the next thought to the next thought. Even just yesterday, I was like making a list of some things that I need to do for one of my investment properties. And I was like, okay, I need to call National Grid. And then I need to call the bank about this and the insurance. And oh my gosh, maybe I should get a new quote on insurance. Well, if I'm going to get a quote on new insurance, it's not only the property insurance, I also need to get a quote on renter's insurance. And oh gosh, do we have rental insurance coverage on our other? Like it just goes everywhere and we need to slow down. Oh, deep breath, slow down. I've been more intentional about slowing down in how I start my day. I've been more intentional in slowing down in how I schedule my day. But also, what slow down means to me is less input. I started this very, very simply. I don't always need to be listening to something or watching something, right? Instagram, Facebook, television, podcast, news, conversation. It used to be that every time I was in my car driving, I would call somebody, hands-free, of course. And now, sometimes I just ride in silence because I don't always have to be stimulated by something, a podcast or music or a phone conversation. No, let me just make more space for my own brain to work, make time for silence. We don't always have to be doing something or hearing something. Beautiful things come when we just give our brain a little more space. We have this challenge in the 12 Weeks to Transformation that's all about leaving your comfort zone. And one of my clients reached out to let me know that one of the ways she was going to be leaving her comfort zone was that for a week, she was going to stop listening to Audible and to podcast because she felt like what she was unintentionally doing was drowning out her own thoughts and her own needs and her own intuition. And she just wanted to make more time for silence. And I love that. And every minute doesn't need to be scheduled for you. Every minute doesn't need to be scheduled for your kids. Here's the concept. It's okay if you're bored. It's probably necessary that you be bored sometimes. Same for your kids. We're overstimulated. And no wonder everything feels so freaking confusing because we introduce a thousand new thoughts and ideas every single minute. Do less slow down. It's not unproductive. I would say you'll be more productive if you slow down, scale back, and have fewer inputs. Seriously, even if you just make this one change, watch less TV. Sit in the living room in silence or have a conversation, right? Take in less so that you have more that you can bring out of yourself. Slow down. Give yourself some quiet. Give yourself some room to think and to breathe and to hear yourself instead of always being exposed to somebody else's voices and thoughts and ideas and pictures, right? And remember that if you're saying you can't, you can. Be creative. Stop living in the limitation. Whatever that limitation is, I don't care if that limitation is your income. I don't care if that limitation is your debt, your age, your fear. None of it is real. There is a path beyond it. It's not that there is no path to wherever you want to go. It's that you're stopping. It's that you're stopping. You're living in the limitation. And I want you to be creative. I want you to slow down. I want you to get outside of it. I want you to stop letting money make the rules and be more intentional about your own happiness. I'd love for you to reach out and tell me which of these 
meant the most to you, the easiest way to do that is on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton, or you know what, better yet, join me in the daily mindset upgrades. Maybe that's just one way you can kind of take a pause every day, practice being creative about the way you think, help you get out of your echo chamber and thinking about things the same way, expose yourself to a new way of thinking about things. And it's a cool way to be able to text with me, right? That's the only way to be able to text with me is to get those daily mindset upgrades. It's really me. I really do respond. Um, You can learn more about those at primalpotential.com forward slash text. But either way, I would love for you to connect and let me know which of these four resonates with you the most and more importantly, what you're going to do about it. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.